welcome to episode 177. Well, Easter is almost here. What a difference from a year ago. And as your planning is underway, thinking about some things to make Easter as engaging and powerful as possible. That's today on The Reclaimed Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 177 of the Reclaim Leader Equipping Churches for Turnaround Change. I'm Jason Tucker here with Jesse Skiffington. How's it going, Jesse? Uh, Jason, I'm here, man. We're we're doing it. We're living life. We're we're serving in the church. We're trying to make ministry happen, and uh, it's coming up on Easter here pretty soon. So we're talking Easter today. Already? Happy Easter to you. Uh, you know, He is risen. He is risen indeed. And um, you know, what is Easter going to look like? You know, last year we we were sort of given a vision of Easter that was you know we had to adapt and move online. But what's it going to look like in kind of a hybrid moment? So. We're talking Easter today, and I'm sure everybody out there is way ahead of us. But we thought we would just stop and verbally process our plans for Easter uh, <laughs> today. And hopefully there's a few nuggets in there. Or at the very least, if you hear us kind of wandering around, you'll be you'll be kind enough to send us an email and say, stop. This is what you got to do. You know, you'll fill <laughs> us in on the right process. Yeah, it's good. I think it's good to, um, as we're looking at Easter, just to go through again, what are our plans? What are we thinking of? Because even though we, we've done this a million times, we've never done it this time with everything that's happened the last year. And, you know, there's so many, there's so many emotions around Easter and this Easter in particular. I was talking with someone and we were talking about vaccines, uh, someone who had gotten the vaccine. And he said when he got the vaccine, he started weeping and he didn't know why. Just the, the relief of... Finally, um, you know, everything that that stood for to get vaccinated for sure. and he, uh-huh. and he said, I suspect it's going to be like that for Easter. We're going to have a bunch of emotions that we don't really know where they're coming from, but it's been such a difficult year that it's going to be a moment of release. And it's also going to be a moment of like kind of all the emotional baggage of this year. And so to really think about that and to make sure that we are prepared for that and to be there for our people in this celebratory, but also almost like yeah. a, a grieving. Totally. Well. It, it is a unique Easter. And in fact, in some ways, I think what the experience of this year has brought us more into maybe an appropriate mindset for an Easter celebration. We were talking about, you know, the, the kind of the thread we're following for our service is moving from life to death to life again. And we're going to actually have a section in our service for, you know, for some, some grief to be expressed for some lament for some um, thinking back through what's been a really challenging and, and hard year where there's been a loss and, and sometimes a loss of people we loved or loss of opportunities or loss of school or whatever those things are. And I, I think it's important to this Easter to bring the celebration of Jesus resurrection from the dead. Uh, into also the experience of what we've all gone through. And I'm sure people are already thinking along those lines because the move is really from life to death to life again. And um, I think we can come out the, the, 
the far side of our Easter service, uh, looking forward to life, celebrating the good news of Jesus, that Jesus is alive, but taking some time during that, that gathering to kind of acknowledge what we've been through. Yeah. You know, and from a preaching perspective, I feel like it's the difference between doing a wedding and a funeral, right? So like pastors, when we do weddings, you might have a relationship with the couple, but most of the people in the crowd, you're what's standing between them and cocktail hour. Like, like they're just, they're not all in on the message, right? They're not hanging on your word, looking for a word of hope. A funeral is totally different. As difficult as a funeral is, there's something, there's a different expectation about the message. They're looking, they're craving hope and peace and salvation, and they want to hear the gospel yeah. and they're all listening. And I feel like, I, I don't know, it, it doesn't sound right when I say it, but you know what I mean? It feels more of a funeral moment as we move into this Easter. I feel like people are listening for hope and salvation in a much more intense and dialed in way. At least that's yeah. what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I think they're, they are. And I think people are also craving a, a, a space or an opportunity to process their experiences in light of their faith. And so I don't know, who are you thinking of as the audience this Easter, Jason? Um, yeah, I think know, it's mostly, I think important yeah. Question. yeah, this is a really good question because in, in a normal Easter rhythm, we would expect at least half non-regular church members who are either from out of town or on the periphery of the church and, you know, the, you know, the much maligned uh, CNE Christians, right? So, you know, we get a lot of people and a lot of them just aren't a regular part of the rhythm of the, of the church's life, except for maybe on special occasions. And, and I, while I do think that's going to happen a bit, I think it's mostly going to be people who are part of the rhythm of the church, because a lot of those other people didn't come at Christmas, right? They didn't, maybe they're joining us online, but it's just different. I feel like the people in the room yeah. are more of our regular people and less guests. Yeah. And I, I think, I think you're on the right track and, you know, both you and I think it's super important to, to, to think about the people who aren't here yet, or to think about the experience of people who are new to church, or maybe um, don't have regular encounters with the church. But I think this is one of those moments where, e- if there are those folks there that don't come regularly, or maybe are guests or new to church, to give them and the experience of what who we are and what we believe as followers of Jesus, and and, and, a, and presenting the gospel kind of in that. I wouldn't call it a deeper way, but in a more insider way where we're really talking to the community of believers this Easter and then inviting people who are new to, to have that experience and to observe that and to see what it's like. In some ways, that might be a better witness or a testimony to them than our usual shenanigans to try to get them <laughs> to engage with the message. I don't know. But yeah. so we're we're this is the first time we've done this. I'm sure others do. But we don't typically do communion on Easter Sunday because of the crowds, because of the, the prep and all the stuff that comes with it. But this Easter, we've decided to do communion in the middle of the service as a way to, you know, he is not here. He is risen. Remember what he told you, that he had to die and he had to rise again. So we're going to stop and remember. And in some ways, we're set up for success. I don't know about how you guys have been doing communion, Jason, but we're doing those, you know, little prepackaged juice and wafer on top 
really horrible taste and all that. But yeah, they're not at least the best. But... They're not good. But at least um, <laughs> actually from a, a, a practical standpoint, it's super efficient. Everybody gets it on their way in. It takes all of, you know, a couple of seconds to do that. So from a movement standpoint, even if we do have larger crowds, communion is is easier to facilitate. So we're going to bring that in because, I again, um, some typically we wouldn't have communion on Easter because we have a lot of guests who may not be believers and because it's hard to wrangle a crowd that big for communion. But this year we're bringing in because we're really focused on the community of believers and inviting those who aren't to see see what we're about. Yeah, that's really good. So why don't we, uh, maybe it'll be helpful, Jesse, if let's just go through what both of our churches are planning to do at Easter. And I think it's always good for me and hopefully for our pastors listening to just hear what other churches are doing, because you might get a couple of nuggets that might make it, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to tweak this thing. Cause I really like that idea. And then maybe cover a couple of other topics um, just to help, help get people ready for this very special and different Easter. For sure. And anytime we share what we're working on, you know, every situation is unique. Each of you have your own churches, your own communities, um, various degrees of reopening and all the things that come with it. So um, it's kind of nice, Jason, that you are on, you and I are on opposite coasts because it does give us a little bit of a, a variety viewpoint from what's, what's going on in our community. So well, how yeah. are you guys tackling Easter? Are you inside? Are you outside? Are you, what are you guys doing? So we're inside, outside, upside down. We're, we're absolutely all different <laughs> ways. Right? We're yeah. trying to create as many on-ramps for people to participate in Easter as possible, every, yeah, you know, twice. no matter what their comfort level. So we are doing four in-person services, uh, each two of each different style of worship that we offer. We shorten the services so we can fit them all in on Sunday morning. So they're only 45 minute services and we are offering sanctuary seating, outside seating. Hopefully the weather will be good uh, because a lot of people loved sitting outside. They actually prefer it, which is fascinating. Um, so there's outdoor seating. And then we have an overflow in our fellowship hall. We have a feed that goes in there and we can accommodate more people as well. You know, our capacity is the same, even though the numbers are going up our because of social distancing, we're still only able to seat about 150 in our sanctuary. But, um, yeah, so, so you're going to have it, to spread people out and, and spread the services out and do yep. a, a number of them. Yeah. 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 So what happens if it rains Are you got, do you move those people inside, give them the option or do you say, Hey, go watch online somewhere? No, <laughs> get out of here. Um, <laughs> get out of here. yeah. So we, uh, we'll do our best to accommodate them, you know, but, um, who knows? Who knows how that's going to go? But uh, as far as online goes, we are going to live stream one of our traditional services, our second one. And the reason we're live streaming it is because our own people in the traditional service like to feel like they're there. Yeah. So they they like the service warts and all. They don't want something all pre-produced and everything else. They like it. Yep. They want to feel like they're seeing what's actually happening in the building. They have total FOMO, right? They don't yep. want to miss out. Um but then our contemporary service will be pre-recorded because we want an opportunity to really dial in the sound of the band and to totally, you yeah. know, increase the production value. And that's because that's our most outward facing service. So that's our yeah. strategy and, for Easter. And that's probably the service that's most likely to be viewed later by people who are yeah. watching it at another time later in the day or whatever, or maybe even later in the week. So I like, I think that's wise to take, you know, because there is that 
generationally, we'll call it just a stereotype for a minute, but there is that desire to be part of what's happening in person. And as we've moved to a hybrid model, I, that is that is what we the feedback we've heard. We love the service that you guys create for us to to, to enjoy online, but we kind of we want to see what's happening. And I'm like, well, it's me on a stage saying the same thing as I said in the online service <laughs> with the whole with people with masks on, and that's that's it. And and but there is that fear of missing out that I think is there yeah. for folks. So I like that. I think it's good to have a live option and a and a pre-recorded option to dial in, you know, make it just the way you want. And then creating a variety of ways to engage in person, that's wise too. And depending on your facility and your tech that you have available and all that, um, you know, it's probably going to look different. For us right now, we're planning to be outside, which is, let's just put it this way. We live in the Pacific Northwest. There's a, you know, a significant I wasn't gonna say chance it, but... for rain. Yeah. So uh, right now it's it's 55 degrees and sunny which is exactly the weather I ordered for Easter in my you know, prayer time. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, so we're off by a couple of weeks right now. So hopefully, you know, that'll come around. But, you know, typically um, our our Easter weekends, the weather is, even if it's, it's cloudy, you know, it's kind of misty rain. We don't get significant downpours and things. And so um, that's what we're looking at right now um, because we can, we can accommodate a really large group of folks and, most of our people who have come in person um, have indicated that, you know, whether it's inside the sanctuary or outdoors, that's not really the deciding factor for them on participation. Um, yeah. If it starts dumping rain or if it looks like it, then we're going to um, we're going to move inside and we'll we'll space people out and spread the services out. And we'll have to have a have a number of them um, in order to do that. So I think being adaptable is going to be part of that if you're including yeah. any outdoor service plan. Do you, so do you have like a plan B, like this is what we do if, and you know, we hit the red button if we need to do this fallback plan. Is that how you're doing it? Yeah. I mean, basically what'll happen is we'll move inside for those that feel comfortable doing that. Some are not ready for that yet. They outside is okay. Inside's not that kind of thing. And so we would encourage those who are comfortable coming in and being distanced with their masks on and things to come in for the Easter service inside and others you know, we have a great service online for you to engage with. And, you know, if, if you're not comfortable coming indoors, we invite you to do that. It's not my favorite thing to do. I hope, I, I don't think we're going to end up needing to do that, but you got to have a backup plan uh, just in case. And yeah. logistically, it's it's a challenge, you know, so we're going to be actually sending out our signups for in-person services. I, I don't know if you guys are still doing signups or not, Jason, but in Washington, it's still a requirement for us. And so we're going to be doing those well in advance of Easter for our most of our folks to try and get a really good understanding of who is going to be there and then leaving some margin for those that maybe are signing up later in the game. Yeah, we're doing the same thing, um, except our signups are only going to go live two weeks before because we want to weed out the flake out factor. One, <laughs> one thing we've noticed with pre-registrations is the more time we give people the more opportunity they may have to either forget that they've signed up or something else will come up and realize that they can't do it. So sure. we want that number to be accurate. So we're doing two weeks ahead, two weeks. Yeah. It'll go live. And, um, and also we're driving all the, all the traffic. So we're pre-registering as well. We're driving all the traffic to the website on our outdoor banners. We get outdoor banners made for special occasions like Easter usually with worship times. We're actually not putting any worship times. We're putting the website. 
yeah. and for pre-registration because we need every to drive everybody there. Yeah. And then they can see the details there when they get to yeah. the site. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit tricky and trying to think through the logistics of what we hope will be a larger crowd. I think the good news that I'm hearing from folks is that they'll, you know, at least in our congregation, the, the vaccine rates are relatively high. People are able, a lot of our older folks are, have been able to get that. And others that work in the medical field have been able to, to get the vaccines on board. And so there is a sense of, um, and then our numbers are going down that the COVID numbers in our area are, are really low right now. So I think overall, there's a really a higher degree of comfort for gathering, even for those that this may be their, really their first time back to church as far as being physically here um, in over a year. So you think about this Sunday is this it will mark one year since we've been online. Um, and that's amazing to think about, you know, that's crazy. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. crazy. I just, I remember you and I talking about having uh, an in-person plan for last Easter and an online yeah. plan for Easter, just in case. And man, we missed the mark only by about seven months. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Wow. It, it really does blow your mind to think about, and, and I hope all pastors are encouraged by this. When you think about, because I know we all get frustrated that we're not where we want to be, but if you think about how far your organization has come in the last year and the the changes that you've made to leadership and decision-making and being adaptive and making ministry happen online, every, I mean, wow, we've come so far. And uh, I bet you never would have believed how how many different things were possible until this year. So, I mean, those are some of the silver linings for sure. I, I did want to talk a little about besides our plan, there's a couple of strategic things we're doing that I'd like to share because it might inspire folks with what they want to do. The first thing is, um, once Lent began, I really wanted to figure out some things with our production team. And that is, why is the quality of our video not that great? And we realized that we ended up purchasing cameras that, that were good, but not great. And it's a long throw from where they are to the platform where we have everybody. And there's a bunch of different factors in it that are making it not great. So we were thinking about how can we take some time during Lent and just dial that in more so that for Easter, it's really good. Realizing that if somebody's somebody new is going to tune in, that's the Sunday they're going to do it online. So how do we improve our online product? I hate, I mean, I know that's like not the right word. <laughs> how dare you, know you I mean. Jason? I quit. I, I'm done. I'm walking away. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Um, yeah. How do we make sure it's as engaging as it can be? Because those things matter, the quality of the sound. So we're also figuring out how do we use Logic, which is a music program, to make sure that everything sounds as good as it can, that it's all well mixed. But also the other thing, and this is something like, because I know I say those things and some of you are like, I've already tuned me out because we don't have a production team. We don't have a yeah. band. We don't have Logic. That's... Don't worry about that. I, I think it's the idea behind it that, yeah. that I'm getting at. But yeah. there is something that anybody can do because it's free. And my biggest issue with how online has been over the last year has been we're at the mercy of Facebook. And we're having problems with that. Uh, not, you know, political problems or anything like that. But there's just problems with like sometimes people can't find the feed. Sometimes it just gets wonky. Sometimes we get flagged for stuff, copyright stuff that it's because of your sermon and the, I mean, the content. <laughs> well, Oh, Oh, it's that. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, just there's, it's just not ideal and the engagement's okay. But what we've noticed is it's the same people who always talk are talking to each other, which is fine, but it's not designed to be a small group. And it's not even designed to be something that you just view and don't participate in. So we're thinking, how do we increase engagement? We need some kind of a platform that we could put it right on our website. It's easy for everybody to access. Life Church has a free platform for your online services. We signed up for it and we're going to launch it. We're going to sort of beta launch it before Easter, but the rollout's going to be Easter. And the reason why I love this platform, and all you have to do is do a Google search for Life Church. They have a whole section that's all free resources that they give out. They've created this like um, mask that that goes over your player. And it's great because it's got in the corner, it's got a place for chat and it has a little tab for the Version Bible app so they can look up any scripture they want as you're going through your service. But also they have something called moments. So they have a moment in your service where does anybody need prayer? And they could click on that button. And we have somebody who's prepared to give prayer responses. And then they have another thing to give. At a, and it's only at a certain time in the service. So, so they're actually in real time engaging at the right time in the right yeah. moment in, in another level. And it's so again, it's almost it's like free, an augmented but it's, reality, an augmented it, way to engage with the service. So, so do you have a separate platform that you are, you know, you embed the service online and then you layer something over the top of that? Is that how that functions? So we, we use something called Boxcast to stream our services to all those, to, to Facebook and YouTube and, and our website. This actually, they set it up on their end and you send your feed there. So they actually host it, but, um, it's awesome. I kept seeing this, this like worship player or platform in all these churches I was watching. I'm like, what, what is this software? I come to find out it's the free version. So like Menlo church uses it. Um, bunch of churches, use it. a bunch of churches I've checked out have used it. And, um, and it's so good, but again, just thinking about, and even if you don't want to do that, the idea is this. How do you make sure that your engagement is dialed in for Easter? That it's as engaging as possible, both for the person watching, but also in the interaction between whoever's hosting online. Most of you, you have somebody who's chatting in the chat box. How do you make sure that that's as engaging as possible? Yeah. And continue to, I think what I hear you saying is whatever the strategy you've decided on or what you have available, how do you use Easter as an opportunity to to just improve it, make it better, keep, keep moving down the road. And I do think I, I, I've sensed this with some of our folks too, is, is sort of taking the foot off the, the gas pedal a little bit on the, the online side, because it feels like we're moving back increasingly towards being back towards normal, pretty close to it here in the next however many months. But what we've been saying, and I, I continue to think this is just a crucial point, the hybrid reality of having a great in-person experience and a really great and solid online experience for people. Both of those are part of our ministry going forward. Um, we don't get to leave the, hybrid, the the online piece behind or neglect it because we're, we're moving back. Yeah. Also for Easter, we're really thinking about how we engaging families, how we engage in people, and also how we can logistically move them in and out of the building fast enough. Yeah. yeah. Without being rude. Okay, everybody, get out, get out. We got to clean. Lots of logistics, you know? right? Well, um, and, and people sometimes we've noticed that they haven't seen each other in a while and 
we we're you know we say if you if you want to visit you need to head out to the parking lot to do that you need to you know you can't stand around in the in the church and be two feet away from each other yeah how do you say those kinds of things kindly politely but clearly and uh, those are challenges so um i don't know how are you going to do it you're going to have some kids well, with pool noodles have, and just kind we of have a strategy okay we have a strategy so the strategy is again weather dependent we're going to have uh just a small tent like eight by 12 we're going to make coffee and we just bought a bunch of like prepackaged muffins we thought it'd be a nice feel good because we haven't been doing coffee uh, since we've been back it'd be a nice feel good just for people to taste the love right but yeah. it'd also be an opportunity to say hey join us right after this service outside we've got some some coffee and some treats for you and it will motivate people to go on outside so that we can clean we actually you know we fog the sanctuary and stuff takes about 15 sure. minutes. Yeah. And, um, and, and then on top of that, our next gen team, uh, which is our uh, kids ministry, they'll be out there and they're going to be handing out. They got these Easter egg things that they're going to do and they're going to try to make it fun. I think we have somebody with a bunny costume. It's gonna be kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think it, those are all great things. Like we yeah. can't do traditional Easter egg hunts and things the way that we've done maybe the Saturday before Easter or some churches after the service or, I mean, those, some of those things are hard. But if you let your families know ahead of time that you've planned the service that you're inviting them to with their kids in mind as part of that, at least for us, that makes a big difference. So we have sidewalk chalk ready to go for the kids. We got a bubble machine, a couple of them actually for an event activity that we're going to do. They're going to be doing as part of that remembrance and lament time, some memory stones that we're going to build a, a cross out of later. And so I think being creative about how you involve the kids in, in the service that you're inviting their families to is important too. If, if, if you have the space and the, and the resources to do it. What about preaching, Jesse? What, um, aside from Jesus, what <laughs> do you have a strategy though? Uh, in all seriousness for, for this yeah. Easter. I do. Um, yeah. 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 Let me, I'll just share briefly. I mean, typically when it comes to the things we're most familiar with, like Christmas and Easter, um, I, I break the sermon into to four parts and we actually do sort of vignettes um, that focus on a particular theme in each one that build toward a whole. And our theme this time I mentioned at the outset is from life to death to life again. And so there'll just be, you know, those moves during the service where I'll read um, I'll, at the start of the service, we'll celebrate the good news that Jesus is alive. And in the context of that, we're going to then enter back into sort of the experience of Good Friday for a few moments to to pause over the things that we lost and to, to grieve as the disciples were grieving, uh, you know, and the women were preparing the spices and there was Sabbath and there was this time of waiting where they sat and what God does in our hearts as we grieve and as we wait. And um, and then we'll, so basically the rhythm is we, we do a, a, a song, I read a scripture passage or we'll have someone read it and then I share really about a three to five minute vignette, little sermonette kind of deal. Um, for the family service, there's a kid's application or object lesson attached to, to that. And then um, uh, and then we'll do the same thing at the out, end of the vignette. There'll be another song, scripture, sermonette, and we'll do that four times. And it kind of breaks up the service and, and allows for a, a tighter message and, and a little more non-traditional um, way to do it, I guess. I love it. Are you doing, um, 
Are, are you doing a sermon series or is this a one-off? We, yeah, this will be a one-off. So we're in Colossians right now in our sermon series, which is super, I mean, it's, Colossians is awesome because Paul just says Jesus and points to Jesus over and over and over again. Right. And Easter does the same thing. So obviously they fit together, but we are, yeah, for Palm Sunday and Easter, we'll take a break from the series and we'll, we'll sit with Palm Sunday, Holy Week, and into, into Easter morning as kind of the, the capstone for that. That's awesome. We're going to start a sermon series that day. We're going to do like a three-parter. Yeah. It's just to help invite people back. And to yeah, I think that's a great way to do it. Coming out of the, you know, a lot of times the application for me on the last point or last sort of section of, of the service is come back. We're in a great series or we're starting a new series on and inviting people into it. So starting a sermon series on Easter is, I think, a great way to go. That's good, man. Well, I mean, I hope this is helping everyone to just kind of think about it. I know you and your churches have already been in the process of thinking about it at this point, but maybe there are some things in there that you want to check out or just think about, hey, how could we dial this in a little better? How could we, oh yeah, you know what? We could very easily do something for the kids. We weren't really thinking in terms of that maybe, or or maybe we just want to have some refreshments. Whatever that is for you, I hope that this is helping you all to think through it because, I mean, listen, this is this is tough. There's going to be a lot of emotions. I anticipate some tears when people come to worship yeah, on Easter. Yeah. yeah, And, you know, how can we be there for them? I think it's just awareness of, you know, that's also why we wanted to, for online, have that little pray button, you know, but what's, what's the pray button look like in person? Do you have some folks maybe who are available for prayer if that's yeah. what's needed on that day? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but it's also very exciting because people, I think, like just circling back, they're ready for a word from the Lord to say, there is life. There is, we are into a new beginning. Yeah. There is everything in front of us still Yeah. in and, our and lives, in our churches. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, our experience as we've come back and as people have been able to come back for in-person worship, it's an overwhelming sense of, of sort of the emotion of the moment, but also a deep gratitude for the opportunity to to do that. And a, a sort of a, I, I, I'm not taking this for granted in any way, you know, so there's a, there's a, it's refreshing to be in an environment where we're all like, wow, isn't it amazing that we get to do this? And could we have said that a year and a half ago that everybody was waking up on Sunday and going, I can't believe I get to go to church today. Yeah. Probably, probably they were like, okay, get the, get dressed. Let's get in the car. Let's go to church. <laughs> Got to you know, get. And so there's, I think at least for now, there's going to be this season where there's this, there's an anticipation and a gratitude for being able to gather and to, to do things that, that are important in our life and faith. Well, we are so grateful for all of you. Thanks for listening with us. I just want to remind you that registration is open for our online conference, CCC 21, the Church Comeback Conference 21. We got a great group of speakers, and we're excited that it's it's not just a conference. We're just getting a bunch of content, but you're going to work through some stuff with your team, uh, with your staff, or maybe your elders, or a couple of volunteers. And if you don't have a team, that's fine. You can join up with other folks who are there participating in the conference. But the idea is we want to give you some really good inspiration, but also connected with some application. And we hope that you'll sign up. Again, go to ccc21.online to sign up, or you could find it also on our website, reclaimleader.com. 
And man, listen, ministry is hard. It is so much better when we do it together. Let's keep doing it, folks. God be with you as you plan for Easter. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey. 